0: host Sam Maxwell. You can follow me on Twitter at S Maxwell713, joined as always by my co-host, Chris Lewis. You can find him on Twitter at LouMandingoRock. Rock. It's bring man
1: Chris, how are you doing this fine Tuesday evening? Doing well. Uh spring has uh, sprung, I guess. Although not that it's ever not. I mean, what are the seasons in LA? It's like spring and summer, basically. Yeah,
0: you, you have like a like a winter spring kind of the kind of, you know in flux
1: the, the five days nine of months. rain
0: and in, in you January. got like the nine <laughs> months of that and then you've got like a hot summer that's like you know a solid two to three months
1: yeah. yeah uh yeah but life is uh life is good got my uh well and not that good uh as i was telling you offline got my second vaccine shot and holy smokes did it knock me on my butt uh so if i my voice sounds a little scratchy uh, that would be why <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny we you're talking about. Everyone has different symptoms to this. It's, you know, different shots, of course. There's only really three of them, really two main ones, and everyone has handled it differently. I, uh, you'll be unhappy to hear, or maybe happy to hear, not really sure, <laughs> the way you feel about me. <laughs> did, not have, did not have any symptoms at all. I had a Pfizer shot, so I feel for you, Chris, that have uh, taken the plunge, gotten the vaccine. I commend you, and then, of course, had a miserable experience. But, you're on the second day by tomorrow. I'm sure you're gonna be feeling great by the time you're listening to this podcast. Hopefully, Chris is feeling great. If you want to give him a shout about how he's feeling, he's on Twitter at Leo Mandingo Rock. Stack Capital is at cap. EdgeFinder Sports is at EdgeFinder Sports on Twitter. And we are available wherever you get your podcasts from. On the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. I want to thank today's sponsor, bentonline.ag. Of course, we've got a lot of action right now. We've got NBA playoffs, NBA play-in tournaments. We've got player props. We've got NHL hockey postseason. I know a lot of people love the NHL playoffs out there. Of course, baseball's in full swing. We've got a lot of great features coming out of the NFL uh, and, of course, for college football as well. So head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a free 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. online, your online sportsbook experts. Chris, the last time we spoke was right before the NFL drafts. Always one of my favorite bets, or one of, my <laughs> one of my favorite bets, one of my favorite events to bet on, one of my favorite events to handicap. And because you can finally, with confidence, take a lot of big favorites. You know, we, we recommended it, taking Trevor Lawrence. We recommended it, taking over four and a half receivers. Those big favorites are going to hit more often than not. And, you know, even you go all the way down the line, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts under five and a half hit, um, you know, Sewell going over uh, seven and a half hit, I believe. J.C. Horn under 13 hit. So we'll, we'll go over all these, but a lot of these things, it's, this isn't, you know, it's interesting. When we prognosticate hit on sports, Chris, we can have all the data, we can have the opinions, we can have the eye for it. At the end of the day, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And that's part of why I love sports. And that's part of why I love betting on sports, just because there truly is that element of chance. Um, there is that element of, of, not, of, of the unknown, right? But in the NFL draft, there is the known and there is <laughs> the unknown. And so you actually have that aspect in it, and you can bet on these things. And yes, they're expensive, but you have to take advantage of these opportunities. Maybe eventually one day I will lose one of these big bets and they'll you know, come back to basically being even. But while I can win these big bets, because they're known, again, they're known for several weeks even sometimes or months, you have to take the bets. And that includes when Trevor Lawrence gives a huge donation to the city of Jacksonville. <laughs> so <laughs> those are all things you have to consider. I went 5-0 and in the NFL draft. I did very, very well. Over half a running back taking the first round—that was my best bet. I told you guys, I got it at minus two seventy, minus three seventy-five. I was still recommending it at minus four fifty. That hit easily two running backs went before twenty-five. Both Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. The Kyle Pitts one I just mentioned, under five and a half, he went number five—or excuse me, number four—overall to the Falcons. I thought that was a great pick. J.C. Horn, son of Joe Horn, corner. Uh, he went easily under thirteen. That was at minus two fifteen. I recommended at minus three hundred. The over four and a half receivers, I think this was your best bet, Chris. We both liked it. That one hit relatively easily. And Jalen Waddell over Devonta Smith, I liked. I was hearing that the Dolphins really liked Jalen Waddell, and that's exactly what ended up happening. I think both those guys had fantastic NFL, career. So I went 5 and 0. Oh. Tell me how you did.
1: Yeah, not quite as well. Uh, three and three with the two. The two ones that were frustrated on that was the under 13 and a half defensive players, which looked amazing about 22 and picks in. Four, and four then. Picks. Yep, yeah, just completely fell apart. Yeah, as we had a run on defensive players. So that was frustrating. Um and then the Bears drafting a QB in the first round. Uh I was hammering Ryan Pace. Nice. Right. What I didn't consider was that somebody would go ahead and take advantage of Ryan Pace being Ryan Pace and uh and have that, you know, drawn up beforehand to to have the Bears, you know, dangle that out there. Of course, Pace was gonna do that. He's the one thing I'll give to him is he understands that like all he has to do is push all his chips under the table, right, and and play the, well, I need another year, I need another year game, to the hapless and spineless uh, Bears ownership. So, but do, you, um, do you
0: actually like the pick? Like, we both, at least at some point last season, like Justin Fields, you have to, as a Bear fan, even though you lost the bet, you have to be pleased.
1: Well, right, yeah, so you get, uh, you know... Who knows, right? The prognosticators, you, you could find some person that'll tell you, well, you know, I thought he was the second-best quarterback in their draft, right? And, like, I think he's going to have – he's got the best upside, da-da-da-da-da. The thing with the Bears that doesn't matter is you've now got an aging defense. The defense was really good two and three years ago. Defense is a bit above average now. So, okay, great. Unless Justin Fields is a world-beater like Aaron Rodgers um, – You know, if he's Dak Prescott, is that a ceiling? If he can be Dak Prescott, well, that's great. But Dak Prescott behind the Bears ain't going anywhere, right? So the Bears have a a mediocre offensive line, uh, almost no skill position players of any note, and an aging defense. So, you know, can Justin Fields progress and and hang around for, you know, five years while they hopefully rebuild the team? I don't know. You know, maybe. this. It just gets back to the – to drafting Mitch Trubisky and trading up and trading picks that, you know, turned into Alvin Kamara and uh, uh, who's the tight end on uh, San Francisco. George Kittle. Yeah. And Kittle. Uh, no. Okay. The bears Kittle. weren't going to take those guys, but that's what those. He picks all play them.
0: revisionist history. I mean, yeah. every single team, in the NFL passed in George Kittle five times.
1: <laughs> that, that's correct. Uh, but when you trade draft picks for a quarterback that nobody was going to take anyway, Uh, you set your team back, you know, five years. And when you continue to do things like giving Mike Glennon $20 million and giving Andy Dalton $13 million. Yeah. It's just, it's just incompetence. So, you know, I could go on and on about the bears, but they're, they're, you know, even if, unless Justin Fields is a world beater, it just, it won't matter. And uh, I hope he is. I just don't, you know. But
0: the fact, the fact of the matter is, That he could be, that world beater. And, yeah, you gave him a first-round pick, but this time, the first-round pick that you've used to go get him was actually deemed to be a value as opposed to the other one with Mitch Trubisky, which was, as you eloquently stated, not only was it a bad trade, but it was a bad pick. I don't think think either of these will go—regardless of what happens with Justin Fields, I think it goes down as a good trade. You went up to get a guy that many people thought was going number two— all college football season long, actually lost a future that Josh, Justin Fields uh, would not be, or I I had him as a top 10 pick. I I couldn't believe it. You know, that, you know, two months ago we were watching him beat Trevor Lawrence in the playoff game. And then you fast forward to to late April and he's going number 11 overall. So good pick, good trade. I think, I think no matter what happens, this was a a leap of faith worth taking. If you're a bears fan, certainly if you're Ryan Pace or Matt, now you, you, you are very pleased with the position you're in right now. And the bears didn't really have a quarterback to speak of. You have Andy Dalton, who was at best a game manager placeholder for this year. Yep. You you take the swing and you hope he hits. And if he doesn't, you're just like every other team in the NFL minus two or three. You don't have a quarterback, but it's 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 a swing worth taking. You have to have that quarterback. And I thought it was a great a great pick and a great trade. Uh, and if I'm a Bears fan, I'd be really excited. So time will tell. But let's move on. Let's talk about the NBA. The Lakers are playing in a turn uh, a play in tournament game tomorrow evening. Again, we're recording this for full transparency. Tuesday, May 18th, at about 8:50 PM, we do have odds and lines that we're going to discuss. Lakers, Warriors, tomorrow
1: evening. Chris, what are your thoughts? Do you have a, a strong conviction on this game? Yeah, I feel I feel pretty strongly. I got Lakers minus five and under two nineteen half. Uh, both of those, if you can get them around minus one ten, would be nice. It wouldn't go worse than minus one fifteen. <sighs> If I think basically everything has to go right for the Warriors to win this game. Uh, and I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Curry has had some of his most mediocre games this year against the Lakers. And it's a one-shot, one-stop shop, right? If you stop Curry, you stop the Warriors. And the Lakers are competent enough to do that, to build a defensive plan, um, to shut down one guy. Which leads me to two prop bets that I really like. Curry under five and a half three-pointers and under 36 and a half points. And uh, both of those, I'm seeing it better than minus 110. So I would grab those as well. Listen, the Lakers are in no danger. Is this annoying? Yeah, that they have to play another game. I think so. Um, but it's not going to matter. There's no way in hell that the Lakers are going to lose two games and fall follow the playoffs. It's not going to happen. And I think they beat the Warriors by about 10 points tomorrow. I'll tell you, there's no way in hell they're even losing tomorrow that The Lakers
0: yep. are finally back healthy. Um, you know they're they're focused. They think this is you know terrible that they're in this position, but they know that it's not a big deal. And yeah, you're playing. You know the the NBA leading scorer this year, Seth Curry, at 32 points a game. You know he'll finish certainly in the top five at the MVP. Um, a, a, a very seasoned team. You know the Warriors still um, are, are are a dangerous team, right? They're a champion team. Um, they have great players. They have great scores. They have you know great defensive players, but look. Ultimately, the Lakers are going to wipe the floor with the Warriors tomorrow. I really do think that. I'm surprised this is not a bigger line. I th- I thought this would be a seven or eight, even higher than that. I know you're giving the Warriors a lot of credit based on how they've played recently, based on Steph Curry respect for him, and that, and I grant that. But look, while the Warriors are averaging about 120 points per 100 possessions with Draymond Green starting and James Wiseman coming off the bench, the Lakers are the second best defense and the fourth best half court defense. Uh, in the entire league, in the regular season. And that that's per cleaning the glass, which fills out garbage time. And let's be real. Those numbers would be even better, Chris, if they had a, a, whole, a full healthy lineup, a compliment of Anthony Davis and LeBron James all season. So, look, ultimately, especially in game one of the playoffs, I like defense. And that's why I'm taking the Lakers very, very confidently at minus 210 money line. I'm going to sprinkle some in minus five. And I'm going to sprinkle some of the game under. I really like a, te- a couple of teasers as well. You can get the Lakers down to minus one. I like the Mavs at plus nine for game one. I also like, if you just want to take a game tomorrow, Lakers minus one, under 223, half teaser. I do like also first quarter under. So I think the Lakers are going to go out there and they're just going to stun this Warriors team. That's what they've done back-to-back times playing in this year, too. They're, They're both their wins. They got to huge first quarter leads and didn't look back and ended up winning by double digits. That's exactly what I think happens again tomorrow night. So again, very confidently, Lakers, money line, minus 210. I also like Lakers minus five. I'm gonna sprinkle them in some teasers as well, where you can get Lakers essentially at minus one. Let's transition, Chris. Let's talk about those Los Angeles Clippers. They will be playing a seven-game series with the Dallas Mavericks. Of course, these two teams met last year in the first round, a very memorable first-round matchup. Luka Doncic had an incredible buzzer-beater. The Clippers ended up advancing in that series. Of course, before they were absolutely stunned and befuddled by the Denver Nuggets in that three-one series collapse, where the Nuggets defeated them for. To three. I'm sure this is going to be a fun series. Chris, it was such a fun series last year, and I imagine that the Clippers are, are frothing at the mouth to get that horrific collapse taste out of their mouth. What are your thoughts here? Do you think Kawhi finally steps up for the Clippers? Do you think Paul George can shake the monkey off his back? Do you think a, a very high jump shooting team like the Clippers is in any danger of getting cold and losing the series?
1: I don't think they're gonna lose the series. I think they've they've got a little obviously something to prove from the debacle that was last year, but also the heat they're catching for uh, you know, potentially trying to dodge the Lakers or resting players at the end of the end of the season. Um, I think that's just smart to do. You know, it's all you have to do is get in the playoffs. Uh basically every team is pretty good in the West, so I don't think seeding was a was a tremendous import to them. Um I think this is probably a five-game series. I think the Mavs definitely, I'm sure they're trying to hype themselves up to the disrespect thing. And the Clippers wanted us. And, you know, they're going to get us now. And they're going to be sorry they wanted it. Um, If Paul George is just average, they should be. He was so, so terrible last year uh, in the playoffs. If he's just average, uh, I think the Clippers win this in five games fairly easily. Uh, Tomorrow, I like the Clippers minus five. I think they're going to come out pretty hot. And I like the over 221 and a half because, uh, well, I think they're going to be hot. I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense being played. And I think, uh, I think Donchick is probably going to average about 30 points a game in the series. I agree with you a lot here, Chris. I, I do, you know, I went back
0: and forth in this game and thought about it. I really think the Clippers are anxious and ready and willing to get that bad taste of their mouth. And, and to be kind of, kind of frank, I do kind of like them uh, as a dark horse. not not really a dark horse, but I do kind of like them as a realistic champion contender. We can talk all day about the Jazz. We can talk all day about the Phoenix Suns here. Uh, you know, ultimately, I'm thinking that the Lakers are going to take out one of those two teams. Yeah. The, Clippers, the Clippers are well-positioned, I think, if they could beat the Lakers. And, and I do think we finally, finally see that hallway series that we've been talking about since so the Stable Center opened back in fall of 99. Um, that being said... This Mavericks team is going to give the Clippers some trouble. And I definitely don't think it's going to be the Clippers are in jeopardy of losing this series. But I do like them in game one. As I mentioned earlier, I like the teaser a lot. Lakers minus one. Mavs plus nine. Okay. So I like that quite a bit. But ultimately, I do think the Clippers pull the series out. I like them in six games, just like last year. I don't see any value in Mavs plus 320 in the series. I definitely don't see value in Clippers minus 400. Yeah. Things to look out for. Who plays the bulk of the minutes at point guard for the Clippers? Okay, you, who, who's going to defend Luka Doncic? Really, it's more what I'm asking. Patrick Bradley kind of fills that role nicely from time to time. He gives up a lot of size to Luka. He doesn't have as much polish as a guy like Rajon Rondo, who, of course, is now on the Clippers. He won a championship with the Lakers last year. He, you know, There's a reason why he comes to play in the postseason. He's a great postseason player. He's a heady postseason player. He can impact the game in many ways. So ultimately, I do think Rajon Rondo to playing the bulk of the minutes down the stretch. I like Rajon Rondo player props. That's what, something I'm going to be monitoring tomorrow, both points and assists. And finally, can Chris Perzingus make an impact finally? He's healthy. You know, the, the caveat with him is always if he's healthy. Well, he is healthy right now. And let's see if he can finally truly make an impact for the South Mavericks team that we all thought kind of stole him from the New York Knicks. Um, and one more note here, Chris. Clippers are fourth in the NBA in three-point percentage. Fourth in the NBA, at 41.1%. These games should be high-scoring. So I'm also going to be monitoring some overs in this game, especially if we see them come out to a cold start. I will live bet the overs because I do think both these teams are capable of scoring big points. Let's talk about some of the rest of these games here. There's obviously another playing tournament game tomorrow between the Spurs and the Grizzlies. Any other game ones
1: or futures here that you like, Chris? You know, nothing. Nothing stands out to me. I do kind of like the Spurs plus four tomorrow, and uh, I've seen them at minus one hundred five, which I think is is pretty is pretty good value. Um, but other than that, there's no, there's nothing that's that's standing out to me. I mean, if I could just, if you find a bet that you could bet against the Suns and bet against the Jazz, I would go ahead and take that. Um, I'm not, I'm not believing in the Jazz for one second. I'm not believing in the Suns for one second. Um, you know, could they beat a Clippers team? Yeah, sure. I could see that happening. Uh, but they ain't. They're not winning the title or anything. They're not winning the West. Um, so I would fade them if you can talk to your friends, if you got any believers in them and see if you can grab that.
0: You must be ready to make this transition, Chris, because if you're believers in that, then you're obviously a believer in the bleep podcast network and believe buddy. <laughs> LA episode 81. Um, I'm going to give my, the rest of my picks here and then we'll talk about the transition that we're going to be making. Uh, first, I actually am going to stay away from the Spurs Grizzlies playing. I just don't have a strong opinion on that. But what I do like quite a bit here, I like the Milwaukee Bucks minus four and a half in Game One against the Heat. Of course, the same Miami Heat team that that knocked them out last year in five. Uh, I talk about this my roommate, who's a, a basketball coach, and he's and he says that you know the Miami Heat team was a bunch of open gym pickup ballers, and he meant that as a compliment. You know, guys that can go out there and they can play terrific in weird situations, which most certainly. You can you can say the, the NBA bubble was, and so they were built for that moment. They haven't gotten better at all since that moment, since they lost the Lakers in a very surprising NBA Finals run. The Bucks did; they made a lot of improvements this offseason, and they don't have the pressure this year that they had in years past. They're the number three seed; they're not the number one seed. I really like this Milwaukee Bucks seed not only to cover Game One to win that series, but I really think there's some value right now in them to win the title at eight to one. I think they have just as good of a team and just as good of a path as let's say the Clippers. Or Lakers who are both at two, I think plus two twenty-five plus two seventy-five last time I saw. Of course, that means they have to beat the Nets. So one step at a time, but I do like I think there's value in eight to one. I think this should be more like six to one, five to one, and I like them in game one minus four and a half. And then those New York Knicks that we talked about earlier, Chris, they're gonna be a tough, tough out for this Atlanta Hawks team. And if they do happen to advance, which I think they do, I like them at even money against Atlanta, they're gonna be a really, really exhausting series for whoever plays the next. And then I also like the under in that game. Under 215. I know we talked about it. Defense barely matters anymore in the NBA. Barely even is played anymore, Chris, in the NBA. But the team that does still play is the New York Knicks under Tom Thibodeau. They are a grinded-out, squeeze, suffocate-the-air-out-of-the-game kind of defense. I think that's going to be very, very apparent in Game 1 of that series against Atlanta. So those are my thoughts on the rest of the NBA series and Game 1s and Futures as we discussed, sad day here for believe in betting LA. Chris is going to be moving on. He took a very exciting opportunity. He's got two young kids. Want to just thank you, Chris, for obviously all the all the fun we've had, all the times we've had, all the picks we've had, right and some wrong, of course. And <laughs> we want to turn it over to you. You know, give us your final thoughts here. reflects, anything that stood out to you. Do you have a funniest moment? A favorite bet? Um, you know, just want to turn it over to you.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, a bitter, a bittersweet moment, certainly. Um, you know, if you would have told me when we started that we would have could done this for two years and 81 episodes, I probably would have, wouldn't have believed you. Um, mostly because I wouldn't have thought I would have been kept around that long, but, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Sam and I didn't know each other at all until we, uh, we met for lunch, uh, on South Beverly Drive. Um, you know, many, many moons ago that we, that we did that. And, um, you know, I think uh, I think anytime we've taken stock of what we've done, we've had, you know, some losing streaks here and there. But I think anytime we've looked back on a season, we've always been above 50%. And uh, I've said this before, the best bettors in the world hit 52, 53, 54, 56%. And we've been right around there. So for anybody that's that's kind of stuck with us uh, and bet as we bet and try and take that philosophy of finding value, uh, I believe it has is, it is paid off for you. Um, you know, uh, Probably my least favorite moment was was probably football season last year when I think I started zero and five, which is the reason stuff like that frustrates me so much is because it's just as likely you go zero five it is you go five and zero. So it's you're really good you're just really good at the wrong at the wrong thing at that time. Um, but yeah, you know I was uh, I really enjoyed <clears throat> strangely enough when we did. uh, we did like an episode a day for like five days uh, in March Madness, um, you know, not not this past year, but the year before, well, when there was a tournament. So I guess that's two years ago now, um, <clears throat> but we just, you I know, think, we
0: had- Sorry, I think what you're thinking of is the, the bowl games. The bowl games, years, that's game, right, yeah. This is our first March Madness, so.
1: That's right, yeah, the bowl games that, that we did. And we did one, uh, we did an episode every day for like five days, um, which is, you know, also anybody who follows us know that we hardly ever do anything more than once a week. But uh, you know, really, really enjoyed doing that and making picks, and it's it's uh, you know it's kept me kept me sharp in kind of my gambling uh, that I've done on my own uh, and continue to do with Stag Cap. So, you know, yeah, like I said, bittersweet. Uh, I've gotten a, a great opportunity with a uh, with a sports book, um, a domestic legal sports book, uh, to work in their in their VIP program. So, um, you know, it's it's crazy to think that something that started off as a hobby. That I did with my buddies when I was in high school, you know, betting uh, betting parlays. We'd always take, you know, uh, a spread and an under in college football, Um, and betting on horses at Arlington Racetrack is is basically turned into my career at this point. Uh, It's kind of wild to to think that that has happened. So dreams do come true, and uh, you know, we'll see. I think uh, at this point we're on. I will be on a bit of an indefinite leave, um, as my job does not allow me to participate in uh, in media things such as the podcast, but. We'll see. Um, you know, I'm going to obviously stay in touch with Sam and, uh, and see how things go. And maybe from time to time, I'll be able to uh, to jump in on a, on a guest episode here and there and, and you know, revisit the, the good old days.
0: Awesome. Well, well said, Chris. We, we appreciate you. And it, it is kind of funny. It's, I don't know if this is COVID or, or not, but it, when, we, when we first met uh, back, in I guess it was June of 19. Man, that just feels like forever ago. I mean, I've nope. I've literally moved twice in that time. <laughs> you've moved, you've moved certainly once. Um, you know, this I've I've changed jobs. You've changed jobs multiple times. It's it's just like wow. That's it seems like forever ago. Um, and yeah, as, as Chris mentioned, we've been doing this once a week, um, pretty much. Not quite for two years now, and obviously we took a bit of hiatus in the very beginning of COVID, as there was really nothing to talk about until last year's NFL draft. Um, but 8 episode episodes is, is not easy. For those of you listening, I don't think you realize how just how much work goes into this. Usually Chris and I, you know, wrap for maybe 20 minutes before so. We have the first schedule time, which is very difficult uh, for a father of two young children. Um, and, our, and both of us have, you know, relatively busy schedules. With schedule time, I produce the episode. We, we chat about it for about 20 minutes beforehand. And we record it for, you know, 30 to 45 minutes. And then I edit it, and, and Chris will market and upload everything. It, it, you know, all in. It's easy. These hour episodes, these half hour episodes end up taking two to three hours per. So, um, we do it for fun, obviously. <laughs> it's, it's not something yeah. we're, we're making a, a living off of. You know, I obviously have a day job and you just took another job that prevents you from continuing this. But um, it's been fun, man. And for everyone out there, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen with Believe in Bangalaya. I think I will be involved with the Believe Podcast Network in some capacity. It may be with someone to replace Chris on this very same podcast series and maybe on a different podcast. So stay tuned. You can follow me at S 713 on Twitter. Happily Podcasts, of course, is Twitter. And for Chris, for the final time, Lou a Rock, Stag cap and Edge Fighter Sports on Twitter. For Edge Sports, for Stag Cap on Chris Lert for the final time. For the TV podcast network, I'm Sam Maxwell. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.